So um, this evening I'd like to share some reflections and some teachings around the theme that I <clears throat> introduced yesterday morning. Um, and just inviting a little more exploration to the degree that you wish or that's helpful for you around this question of how how does the mind settle? Um, and so that aspect of our practice, you know, which is maybe the samatha calming side of, of things, and the whole range of <clears throat> ways we might understand that and take care of that, there are many different approaches, but this sense of, um, as I was saying, to, to, to uh, understand for ourselves what, what is it that helps to settle, to calm the mind? And of course we, yeah, we discover again and again the unsettledness, the, the uncalm. <laughs> and so being able to call upon this knowledge and these skills continues to be, I think, of primary importance throughout our practice. And it's... Um, and somehow, so also the sense of um, a sense of, of direction, which gives us a sense of uh, um, purpose or um, yeah, a goal maybe, and then begs the question: you know, what what is helpful? What serves that purpose? And of course, the Buddha offered us the, the Eightfold Path as a, as a very clear guide for what's helpful. But just briefly, I wanted to touch on, you know, what do we have a sense of when we, when we sit down or we come to begin a retreat or, you know, a walking period or we sit down for our meal or whatever it might be, like this sense of what what is... Um, <laughs> What is our intention or aspiration? You know, either for that particular moment or for this particular situation, yeah, again, in our life, on retreat, just, I think it's often so helpful to, um, to really be able to connect with that, to know that, to recollect that. And sometimes it might be something you know, quite quite specific, and sometimes it might be connecting with what a larger sense of what that is for us. And I, I found this um, quote from Jack Cornfield: um, "Seeing practice, the purpose of practice being to discover peace and connectedness in ourselves, and to stop the war in and around us." I thought that's so beautiful and you know for us to find like maybe what 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 and maybe that meaning kind of changes over time in our sense of what our practice really means to us and why we would go to all this <laughs> you know yeah, what it takes to get us here and keep us here <laughs> and the beauty of it and the and the challenge, you know, 
And I think having that sense of kind of knowing, knowing why, you know, not as a sort of dogma or because somebody else said, but because we, we really feel it. And I think for me, I, I, over the years, you know, I've often, when I've really inquired into this for myself, it ends up being something about I want to be helpful. You know, I want to somehow show up in a way that's helpful and in the world to others. And also I want to be happy. <laughs> feels pretty elusive a lot of the time. I'm like, yeah, actually... I really do, you know, and sometimes that might make, you know, feel like, well, what do I mean by that? And, but there's something about this sense of, yeah, this very, perhaps very human, very almost somewhat universal maybe in different eyes of a deep wish for that, for ourselves and for others. But this sense of somehow, oh, I, I think that's possible, it's worth aspiring to. It's worth. It's worth um, the work. And you know, the Buddha offers us throughout the teachings, you know, lots and lots of um, <laughs> hints, uh, instructions, and this kind of, you know, continually reminding us, you know, to kind of how we keep looking for happiness or peace or ease kind of in the wrong places or in the wrong way or how craving keeps kind of derailing us. Yeah, and this sense of this ongoing practice like, okay, okay, what's actually genuinely, what is, what is this really supported by? What are, you know, as often and so just... Yeah, I just thought that might be a way of beginning this talk. And then um, as I was I was coming in and I was, I was looking at the Buddha Rupa here behind me and thinking about how there's a kind of... I was looking at that, you know, that, that left hand, this beautiful kind of, like, uh, um, you know, that gesture of the open, the open palm kind of, and I thought, I, just because I've been thinking about this this week, this sense of that as a, a kind of uh, gesture of collecting, of samadhi. And, you know, you read about the Buddha and how he, he learned to abide in all these wonderful states and, and just this sense of that, that possibility and that at least part of what, when I look, I often get different meanings reflected back and... It's like there's this natural, natural capacity, natural mm, possibility, mm, very, in a way, natural, simple. You probably all know the story of the Buddha as a youngster. And this very key moment in his awakening process, you know, when he remembers being a child. And this is my other possibly impressionistic sense or memory of the story, but it's like he's sitting somewhere under a I think it's like a rose apple tree. I don't know quite what that is, but anyway, a tree. That's offering some shade, I imagine. It's hot under the tree. And he's just sitting there watching and again I can't you know, it's uh, somebody did farming, father, plowing, 
festival possibly and but he's just sitting there and as he remembers this he remembers just entering this very very pleasant settled state you know and at this point as he has this memory he's been you know exploring could say that asceticism you know that that side of things and he's been exploring the jhanas and the immaterial realms and 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 he's come to this point of yeah being very very weak and just wondering what on earth you know <laughs> help i don't know whether, i don't know whether he said that it was like you know i've tried everything <laughs> what's you know, I don't know, and then, and then, in very, you know, however that that sense of this, just a, in a way, a simple memory of an experience that he had as a child that maybe he hadn't remembered for a long time, kind of rising up and and just ah, and then he reflects on it and he says yes, ah, and then. It unfolds. So something about the naturalness, because I think that that um, maybe because our minds are so tend, tend have such a strong tendency to be unsettled and agitated and everything and ah uh, um, so much of the time, it can feel like peace and calm and ease and absorption and can just feel like impossible. Or really distant, you know, or really needs like much, much more skill and much, much more mindfulness and much more retreat time. And and so I think one of my, whenever I talk about this sort of area of our practice and our experience, I always feel slightly like I want to, I want everybody to feel included in the samadhi party. I don't want it to be an elitist occupation. <laughs> and I really, really feel like, I don't consider myself a great Samadhi expert, but I felt that it's, 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 it's a sense of we can settle and gather more than we think. And that's really important, isn't it? It's kind of, like I was suggesting yesterday, the sense of even reflecting on this. And I've really noticed how even this week, kind of preparing for this talk, I've been like, yeah. Hmm. Some settling, some gathering. It's like just reflecting on it, sort of inclining the mind in that direction. And it doesn't take that much to begin to sort of feel some of that happening. And again, as I was suggesting yesterday, very much based in the body. And... So anyway, that, that's in a way I think my part of my intention behind the talk is I want, I want us all to feel included. And uh, perhaps it's more natural than we think. And yeah, um, so let's see. So I wonder, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to share some teaching some kind of definitions of what I think of as the process of uh, samadhi. So we have, if you like, the 
results, the states, the qualities, and we'll talk a bit about some of that. But there's also this sense of this gathering. So I was saying yesterday, these ing words, uh, I think is so helpful because it's, it's, um, it's like it's a process that we can enter into you know, at any point or wherever we are. It's, it's very, maybe we're not super duper settled. We, that doesn't have to be um, uh, yeah, it doesn't have to be a reason why we can't sort of start to approach or begin to sort of explore that process. So I'm going to share some de- couple of definitions. Uh, one from from Rob Babea, who described it as gathering heart, mind, and body into some degree of well-being, which I, I love because it's, doesn't that feel very inclusive and like oh, some degree. So there's this sense, you know, sometimes samadhi is technically de- described as the four jhanas. So I am perhaps taking the liberty to expand that meaning a little bit and you know, maybe we can have degrees of samadhi that are not quite absorption but are still really in that territory and um, again, maybe more, more accessible just as a natural product of mindful, mindfulness uh, practice. So gathering heart, mind, body into some degree of well-being. Yeah, so this this sense of all the energy of this being, which we have kind of three broad groups of experience or sankharas, kind of groups of experience, the vajji sankara, the, the thinking, yeah, the verbal, all of that, and then the chitta sankara, that whole area of sensitivity and knowing and feeling, perception, impulse. And the kaya sankara, the bodily, the bodily life. And all of that, all of that, gradually, gradually, through careful, careful holding and steadying and all of that, it's like there's a sense of gathering, unifying, harmonizing, harmonizing, Energies, so I like to think of it all as energy. Somehow that makes sense to me, and that so this, you know, it can be sometimes very. It's all going off there and off there, and it can feel quite fragmented, right, and kind of distracted. And yeah, we're just following every single sense, sort of, you know, contact. And by gradually kind of collecting, it might also feel like a kind of gradually letting go of. That oh birdie, you know, oh rabbit, you know, I oh <laughs> what and just fun though it is, and I hope there's part of that in our life. A part is a place for that in all of our lives, I hope. And it's like oh gradually sort of just letting go of that and letting the energy of the mind, the heart, the body kind of start to find each other. I don't know if that's that's a rather I don't know if that makes sense, but there's, it's like 
finding a way of settling and holding enough space and steadiness and kindness so that this is in the yeah, you know, I use my arms a lot, but that's, you know, and, you know, tight. For <laughs> different things energy is doing, mentally, physically, you know. And, like, just, like, even just this, like, invitation or suggestion to the whole system. Yeah, I know you're really, you're all over there, and that's a bit tightened up, and, but, you know, it's just, like, we could, we could all come together here around the peace table of the heart. So Jack has a wonderful guided meditation in one of, one of his books, in that, uh, Stop the War. I recommend it. I used, to, I used to really, I used to use that quite a lot. So it's this sense of, there's, there's a sense of presence or mindfulness can, can just be a space where that can, those different kinds of energies can be known, can be allowed, and again, you know what what you know about this. It's maybe a little different for each of us. That what I've found is that so much of the calming, the settling, happens from just kind of letting the I don't know. It's like we're letting the energy find itself. Or another image, sometimes letting the mind come home to itself, the chitta, the heart, the energies kind of come. And again, this lovely gesture of the Buddha, of this kind of, or the holding image of the Kuan Yin in the other side of the screen, sort of holding the world, holding the world. And how the energies can uh, um, find that. I'm, I'm thinking of Tai Chi now, so I'm doing that because that's a, a thing in Tai Chi, isn't it? Do you, do, do you know that if you're coming to the Tai Chi? I'm not Tai Chi, the Qigong, I beg its pardon. Um, yeah, that can, that can be helpful. That can be one kind of helpfulness in the, in the process. So... Um, Ajahn Suchito described this process of cultivating samadhi as the careful collecting of oneself into the joy of the present moment and learning to get comfortable in your body and mind and then resting them into, into stillness. So... You know, again, just as a, maybe you can hear the sort of practice suggestions in there. It's like, okay, how do you get comfortable in your body? Mm, right, thanks. Just well, give me some time. I'll get back to you in a couple of years. Well, or just kind of as a, again, as an invitation, as a suggestion. And that we probably all have, again, you know, this sense of remember what helps Softening the belly, softening the shoulders. And this part of the process that mm, I wanted to share a teaching from Ajahn Suchito on. um, Did I put that in here? 
Or did I not? Oh, maybe I didn't. Okay. Well, what it was was it's it's and it, it, it's it's to do with hindrance and feeling caught in what might feel difficult or unpleasant or something, and this sense that a, a really amazingly sort of counterintuitive part of the samadhi process, or you could say the preparation for that, is being able to meet unpleasant Vedana, unpleasant experience with, with um, yeah, non-reactivity or allowing or interest, right? And I find it really helpful to um, that kind of embracing and opening to what feels kind of stark or difficult or something, especially in the body. Um, it, it's it's like it, 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 it's because um, if you don't do that, there's a way that you keep feeling like there is something that has to happen and be got rid of before you can kind of deepen this process of gathering and settling and it can happen with it yeah so collecting resting gathering and uh, also teaching from Rodney Smith which I felt was pertinent here as practice takes us through the doing mind into the non-doing of ease and contentment. So that also seems very significant somehow that, you know, this... Isn't it amazing how difficult it is for a human being to not do anything? That's really amazing. (laughs) That is so hard. Isn't it? I mean, it's just deeply conditioned. I think it must be evolutionary and all that. And of course, you know, we've got to go and, you know, gather the food and hunt the animal. And yeah, it's like. Um, so, this process, I think, doesn't it takes the most amazing kind of patience and faith and, you know, remembering those tastes that we have of that, you know, moments periods when I'm all like, oh, wow, not doing, yeah, ah, feels good. And again, how much patience and kindness and compassion, just with that, that, that strong conditioning. And so there's this process of, ah, isn't it learning to feel, feel that impulse, you know, feel that, yeah, I just want to think, you know, I just want to plan. Just, I'm gonna, you know, and it's like, or it's happening and we're in the, we're already there in the fantasy. It's like it's up and running, you know, and then this is gradually taking again, withdrawing, withdrawing our energy or just shifting our relationship to it. So we're just like, okay, that's, that's that happening over there. I'm um, still, you know, we don't lose our, you know that that process of just being able to gradually be more states or present and grounded with with these things, and that is gradually you, see, you get that sense of 
drawing the energy, I think of it as being up here, I don't know why, it often seems to be up here, the thinking and everything, and the, yes, but I've got to, you know, um, that it's like there's less and less energy in that at times, and then more, we're here, we're here, we're in the body, that energy is kind of withdrawn from that, it's more in the body, or it's in the sense of awareness, presence. And that again, that's that doesn't have to be. It doesn't that that stuff doesn't have to stop happening for that process of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm just be over here. <laughs> Why are you going with that? Something like that. Yeah. And gradually, maybe we we all have that sense of the possibility of non-doing, even if it takes three months of retreat to get a taste of it at times. Um, but even the memory of it, you know, I think of the Buddha under the, you know, the rose apple tree, that memory. I don't know if you find this, sometimes to, the, to, to remember what that was like when it was that quiet. It's like that, almost that experience to some even slight degree is then is thereby still accessible. Or it can, just knowing that that's possible and that that happened has a kind of influence on the present. It, it, it changes our perspective on our distractedness and our kind of, you know, striving or whatever it might be. Because we know that we've experienced that it can quiet. So it's that much less convincing. Like we know there's another there's another way so so what are the what are the signs to notice you know we hear about the the jhana factors the connecting sustaining and the piti and the sukha the the rap, rapt attention or the rapture and the sweet sort of sukha and nikagata the sort of Unifying the this beginning to become more single, more whole. So I, I, I think that again, as I was saying earlier, to notice even a little bit, like just today. I don't know if you can, if you have this experience, like no, well, you do. It's, it's always changing, isn't it? Like sometimes to us, oh there's more steadiness here than there was an hour ago. Huh. And then feeling that, appreciating that, like, oh, like enjoying that. Any kind of little little bit of, yeah, a sense of feeling more balanced or a little bit composed or grounded. There's some pleasant pleasantness in just being, right, and just stop being present. And again, I think often there is more of a pleasant abiding than than we think. Like if, I don't know, maybe this is a codependent arising thing that what you experience depends on how you look and what you're looking for, but I, also, I often find, ah, when I when I look in that way, Ah, there's some warmth, there's some grounded, you know, there's like the, the wholesome qualities become more 
uh, apparent. Yeah, there's the struggly bit and the thing I'm worrying about and the 16 things I'm worrying about or, you know, waiting in the wings, ready to come in at a moment's notice. Actually, there's also this space and there's, there's a sense of, oh, right, noticing that. So I, I think that both for the, just the very early stages, if you like, of beginning to gather and then at any part of the process, it's so much about noticing what's here. Know, what feels pleasant or calm or uh, grounded or relaxed or you know some degree of kind of balanced energy because again maybe it's the doing mind that rushes around trying to make it happen <laughs> it's like that image I often get of you crossing, uh, going over the doorstep to go outside to get something and the treasure you're looking for is under the doorstep. The treasure is under the doorstep. And maybe there's even a little bit of it shining out. You just don't even see. Yeah, so... um, And I was talking to, to somebody today as well about noticing that in, in some states, uh, there's there's just when it feels a bit more pleasant and subtle, there's just there's just less of a sense of self. There's less of those sorts of thoughts, you know, and just that whole thing just gets quieter. And I think that's really worth noticing as well. You know, that feel that feels good, you know, not as an idea that you put on something. It's like oh, I'm just. There's more that sense of just, there's just experience happening and there's nobody particularly doing it or it's just, that's just, was well, just some something pleasant happening. So, hmm. And I think that's also really helpful for the, you know, the deepening of samadhi based on letting go less and less doing, less and less fabrication of experience, right? And a sort of simplification and the letting go and, you know, it's not the big project which so much projects into the future and so on. So it can really, really just take us out of presence. So natural process. I wanted to share, I don't know if you're familiar with this, it comes in the, up in the Buddhist teachings, a kind of sequence at, of how samadhi is kind of uh, supported and the conditions that support that. And uh, it begins with pamoja, gladness, or sometimes, sometimes translated as rejoicing. And there's like when there's gladness... And naturally, there's pleasure, there's pity, there's, that's naturally arises. If you, if you linger with that sense of gladness, then naturally, there's a kind of, yeah, pleasure that comes from that. And then there's a pasadi, there's a calming of the body. The body likes the, the pleasantness coming, supported by the gladness, and the body, ah, 
So then the body is feeling a little calmer because of the, the pleasantness. And then the mind feels happy because the body's calm. So the body and the mind kind of, so it's like, ah. Oh. And the mind gets more like a sense of, ah, oh, more able to relax, be just contented. And when the mind is happy, it just settles. Samadhi comes to some degree. Isn't that just like, oh, that's just like a flower opening. So, yeah. So, um, you know, I don't know what you, what you gather from that to sort of support your practice. And again, it's this, it's this kind of, there is, a, there is something we, well, how do we gladden the mind? And that's another one of my key practice questions. Oh, it's like, how is the mind gladdened? Another, yeah, a good thing to know for yourself, you know, how the mind is gladdened. And certainly reflecting on the Dharma is very gladdening, I find. Um, so again, different ways that that can happen. But then you can hear there's a sort of let that gladness or gladdening kind of be felt, sort of let it soak in. So we have a sense of the presence of our body, mind and heart, you know, and that's tuning into that. There's not, it's not a doing, is it, really? It's more like a being a sponge, or maybe, maybe that's. I mean, that that image does come into the Buddha's description of First Jhana, so maybe actually that's yeah. So we might find different different images for that that are more about receptivity and this kind of uh, something like this letting gladness suffuse the body, suffuse very gentle, very maybe very subtle. Maybe we don't feel much, but we have that sort of intention and interest. Like what, would it, what, it, what would it be like you know, to let gladness kind of suffuse our being? And then, again, for me, that's the way that has always felt more conducive to the arising of samadhi than very narrow focused concentration on an object. But different minds are different. So again, knowing for yourself how, how it works for you. I wanted to share this lovely teaching from Gendron Rinpoche. When we live in the present, joy arises for no reason. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Happiness cannot be found through great effort and willpower but is already here in relaxation and letting go. To me, maybe that's my sense of the treasure under the doorstep and that, that way of saying, it's already here. We just have to stop flapping about. Yeah. So, so maybe the last thing I won't 
say too much about this, but um, maybe a helpful image of building and sitting on a nest for the process of cultivating samadhi and and enjoying it, <laughs> whatever, whatever, to whatever degree or whatever aspects of it kind of arise. So the building of the nest, that could be a whole other sort of series of talks. So it's sort of a sense of, you know, and if you've seen birds building a nest, boy, talk about patience. Going and getting the little twig and a little bit of hair and dropping it and then going back and then the wind knocks it off. And, and they're just amazing. And, you know, the nest by the library door that's still there from last year, it's a fantastic construction of... Uh, Eastern Phoebes that, that uh, nested there last year of just all these different, you know, fabrics and bits of hair and moss and everything. And I do, I, I, I find it an, a kind of lovely and helpful image because it, it's like there's lots of different elements, you know, reflecting on our sila, reflecting on our our beautiful qualities and actions. Um, being together, you know, listening to the Dhamma together, having the spiritual friend who you can talk about Dhamma with. Um, to me, this is all building the nest. Um, yeah, d- different different elements of that, and one of key one of which I think is the s- skill with the hindrances, which I I just you know that somehow sort of letting that be part of building the nest like it's not it's not separate it's a key part of finding um gathering gathering making our nest okay just here's another quote from Han. if we are aware of the paradise around us it is because we have tasted suffering and we have learned how to practice with it and how to transform it into happiness. Like, yeah, just again to kind of really inspire and encourage us to, to, to work with the difficulty and the hindrance, the hindrances, because, yeah, they are part of the way. So what is your nest built of? <laughs> Again, to know for yourself, maybe it's a di- bit different for, for different ones of us. Maybe some of us need to go sing in the woods. There might be more, you know, kind of actions that really help or places. Or maybe it's more subtle. And my sense of the sitting on the nest, so we got the nest. So a lot of which is just, really recollecting what's here and the sitting on the nest yeah is either just that sitting and mindful just practicing being mindful and practicing wise attention those are the two things I want to pick out sitting on the nest and that's that's what samadhi grows from or within is 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 more mindfulness and wise attention. So um, I think I'll let's see. Yeah. Um, 
Maybe one other thing I did want to say, because the image of the Buddha Rupa and the standing Kuan Yin and a lot of these images are quite static, you know, they're sitting or standing. And so I really want to evoke the walking, the walking Buddha. And I feel like I've been really, as I've been walking around this week, as I've been, I've been really feeling that sense of the practice of walking, walking, and being completely with each, with the walking. So the collecting, the gathering of oneself into the joy of walking, and collecting, gathering, uh, resting oneself in the resting, the body, the heart, the mind, in the joy of walking. And for those of us who really love walking, maybe there's a lot there. So it also can be a concentration practice in this way that I'm sort of suggesting. Finding that whole process of gladdening and pleasantness and calming of the body and the and the, 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 the content contentment of the mind, right? It's, so the walking, walking Buddha. This is this is this also beautiful possibility for our life, you know, on retreat. I know a lot of quite a few people leaving quite soon and the sense of being able to some degree in our life as we walk through our life we can be remembering this process we can be remembering can I be all here can I just keep it all you know with with each step rather than you know your head going 50 miles an hour, you know, and you're running after it, or whatever, you know, that's being all, being, uh, encouraging oneself to be together as you walk through life, and find, keep remembering that wholeness, and, yeah, being able to feel at least some of that steadiness, and that uh, quality of a joy, joy in the present moment, joy of presence, joy, the joy of simply being alive. Mm. Okay, so I thought I would share a poem which I think is relevant and maybe for some of us also this can be a form or a source of inspiration for our practice. Um, now you may know this one by Mark Nepo. Having loved enough and lost enough, I am no longer searching, just opening. No longer trying to make sense of pain, but being a soft and sturdy home into which real things can land. These are the irritations that rub into a pearl So we can talk a while, but then we must listen, the way rocks listen to the sea. And we can churn at all the things gone wrong, 
But then we must lay all distraction down and water every living seed. So let's just be quiet together for a moment or two. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.